for the first time since 2011. 12 years later, it looks like Penn State basketball is going to be dancing in March. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Zach Seiko, your host of Locked On Nittany Lions. Joined once again by the man himself, Adam Sheets, Penn State men's basketball insider, on another live episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. And Adam, we're in a similar case here again, as this is an exciting episode because not only did Penn State beat the freaking Maryland Terrapins. I can't stand them when it comes to basketball. But uh, number two, I-, I think they are definitely in the big dance. Uh, but that's why we bring you on as the expert to confirm or deny not, don- deny that. Jeez, I can't even can't even speak today. But let's open it up with that before we recap the game itself. Sixty-five to sixty-four. But with this win over Maryland, is Penn State officially in the NCAA tournament? I think they're in as good of a spot as they've been. I don't want to say they're definitely in because, you know, some things could happen, conference tournaments, there could be some bid stealers out there. I think they definitely got a lot of help this weekend. Nevada lost, Arizona State lost, Michigan lost, Wisconsin right now is losing at half to Minnesota. So they're getting some help right now across the country with some of those teams they're competing with on the bubble. North Carolina also lost to Duke yesterday. So they're getting that help, but obviously bid stealers could come into effect. I think right now, if the tournament would start tomorrow, they'd be an at-large team. They wouldn't even be playing into the tournament. I think they'd be safely in at that 10 or 11 line. But, you know, Penn State in a great spot, an emotional win, one they needed, and they're able to get it done. And Penn State, I, at least when you look at Joe Lenardi and what he had to say, that he's ESPN bracketologist. And then you have Mike DeCourcy, who does that for Fox Sports, Big Ten Network. Uh, he had them in as one of those play-in teams, one of the last four in. So meaning that if they're an 11 versus 11 matchup, so they would have to play their way into the 64 group, but they'd be in the field of 68. So I, I think they're, I think this was enough. Uh, honestly, because they're going to face, you know, they're going to get at least the most important part of this was getting that buy in the Big Ten tournament, because then you don't leave it open to the fact that, you know, I'm not saying Minnesota could upset you as a 14 versus an 11 seed, but you, you just give yourself some breathing room there. You, you guarantee yourself a spot in the next round. You're going to play a, a much better team here. And I think that Penn State they, they still don't have a bad loss on the resume. That's the most important part of it all. Uh, sure, they have, you know, so some prizing losses, but I wouldn't say that there is one of those. There's definitely not one of those quad three, quad four losses uh, on the resume there. Yeah, they don't have a bad loss in looking, as you said, no quad three, no quad four losses. The only loss everyone would look at and scratch your head, you're looking at, obviously, the Nebraska loss. But, you know, that one doesn't look as bad anymore because Nebraska's played really well down the stretch. But Penn State, they just continue to do what they need to do. As you said, they play on Thursday. They'll be in the 7-10 game at 6-30, and they play Illinois. That's an Illinois is a team that Penn State swept the season series. Last time they played them, they beat them at home. Jalen Pickett had 41 points and eight rebounds. He was phenomenal. 
phenomenal. And Penn State's going to look to continue and keep that going. They're playing a very good team in Illinois. They're playing their best ball right now. If you're Penn State, they won five of the last six, had the blip against Rutgers that everyone overreacted about in the moment. Rightfully so. That's a tough loss for Penn State to have. But quickly, bouncing back the way they did, able to get the win against Northwestern again, get the win again against Maryland today. And you just look, you're just looking to keep that rolling. Five of six now after the four-game losing streak in early February. You're right where you want to be. You're going to Chicago with a lot of momentum and a chance maybe to beat a team you've already beat twice and move on and continue to play very good ball. What do you think would hold the NCAA committee back from putting Penn State in? Let's say they let's say they do lose the 7-10 game here uh, against Illinois. Uh, that's a team again that I full I see this as 2018 Ohio State again where uh, this is a team that they just I, I know it's tough to beat somebody three times, but it's the way they match up when Penn State goes five guards against Illinois. They have no response. So they're going to try to game plan for it. Micah Shrewsbury will do something differently here. But if you're sitting at the NCAA uh, committee's table, what are you saying about this Penn State team? I think you're saying this is a team that now has really got rid of a lot of the question marks they had. You know, they questioned, oh, could they beat a team with big guys? Well, they've proven they can beat a team with great big guys. Julian Reese is a really good big guy for Maryland. Penn yeah. State was able to knock them off, so they proved that. They question was, they can't win away from the Bryce Jordan Center. Well, they've won their last three road games, so they're proving they can win on the road. They have four road wins in conference, and they're answering all those questions. They won some games where they haven't had great shooting days from behind the arc. They're finding different ways to win. I think those are the questions they're answering I think the thing that you kind of alluded to what would keep them out I think if they would lose that game to Illinois and then maybe you see a Wisconsin win a couple games in Chicago Michigan make a run uh, North Carolina go through the ACC tournament and make a big run in the ACC those teams that are on the bubble they're competing against Arizona State if they would make runs in their conference tournament you might just look at the committee saying well we just watched all these teams this weekend Penn State lost and these teams made runs I think that's something that may be able to hold this Penn State team out but I think right now with an All-American and Jalen Pickett and the way they are playing I think it is hard to keep this team out with the resume they have it is locked on Nittany Lions we'll recap this Penn State win over Maryland 65 to 64 what that means for the seniors and emotional Micah Shrewsbury emotional a lot of emotion coming from those guys uh, all the seniors went up to the podium to speak in the press game and we'll continue with that in just a moment but first a word from our sponsor today and that is a Bilt Bar are you looking for a delicious treat but you don't want all of the fat and calories then you've got to try a Bilt Bar I know my goal is to eat healthier in 2023 but if you're like me and you want to eat healthier, you don't want to compromise all the taste, then you've got to try a Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That is right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably tasty flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does, and I'm really not, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros, and they are healthy 100%. 130 calories, only four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get yourself a box for years. We've been talking about going to built, get your built bars at built.com. And now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's club. So run on into your nearest Walmart today, walk over to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. And if you're by a Sam's club, run in, grab a 13 bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. 
And thanks again for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. Make sure you check out Locked On College Basketball as the madness is here. March Madness is here. That is Locked On College Basketball. You get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches all about college basketball. You can get it wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. That is Locked On College Basketball. I'm Zach Seiko. He's Adam Sheets. Penn State beats Maryland 65 to 14. Down 35 to 22 after the first half, outscored the Terrapins 43 to 29. A game where we saw another slow start in the first half, especially particularly with turnovers. Uh, Penn State was just turning the ball over a lot. Uh, Maryland is a team that really struggles on the road, but uh, it seemed from a shooting standpoint because they had seven threes in the first half uh, that they uh, seemed to have almost overcome that. But there were some upset Maryland fans at the game, and I'm like, you didn't have anything to lose. Now, certainly you wanted to guarantee that double buy, but Maryland's in the tournament. Okay, Penn State had so much more to play for here. Uh, but what went wrong for the Nittany Lions, Adam, in the first half where and even Honestly, until six minutes to go, I felt like Penn State was out of this game. Yeah, I mean, you know, this game was completely controlled by Maryland for 35 of the 40 minutes. It was the last five minutes where Penn State was able to take control. But I think, you know, what went wrong, it was very similar to the Northwestern game. I was listening to the TV guys talk at halftime when we were down in the tunnel, and they were kind of like, you know, Penn State, you know, it's really similar. Turning the ball over, they did it a lot against Northwestern, not hitting anything, and they're in a similar spot. They're down double digits and trying to fight their way back. Penn State was able to do that, but it's just, you know, turning the ball over. They're doing uncharacteristic things that put them in these holes they really couldn't get a good shot I think that was a big problem coach Shrewsbury said Maryland does a great job making you play one-on-one offensively not really helping and making everything really tough and that's what happened to Penn State and they were letting them play in the first half Jalen Pickett didn't get a lot of calls it was a very physical game coach Shrewsbury was obviously upset got a technical foul because of it uh but you know Penn State just really wasn't playing their brand of basketball in the first half and they left it all out there in the second half were a lot better offensively and that's what helped lead them to the win yeah, and Cameron Winner, I, I think, just got, coming in the clutch once again. Now, he didn't have that great of a game. It feels like Maryland really put a game plan around him. He had six points, but two of his points were the most important uh, right at the end of regulation to get the bucket. Right place, right time, because I had a feeling Seth Lundy wasn't going to make that shot. Uh, the play, was, it was just, it. he kind of hesitated, then he flung it, and he made the right play by going to chase that shot because it's not, there were four Terrapins, one Seth Lundy basically batting the ball around and then Cam Winter right spot, right time. And I watched him on the replay. What was he doing? He was sitting in the corner. So it, you almost flip that play around. It looks like the Northwestern play all over again, except Seth Lundy just takes the shot at the top of the arc because Cam Winter is waiting in the wing. Now for Cam Winter to break for the basket like that, that's just, that's heads up basketball. And that's why you want somebody on your team, even though he only gives you six points and doesn't give you the same 24 that he had against Northwestern. I mean, that's the stuff that it shows up on the stat sheet in this case, but literally that kind of effort play is what saved the season back to back weeks. Cam Winter saved this team's season. Yeah, Cam Winter was exactly where he needed to be. Coach Shrewsbury mentioned that that was kind of a read they had. They had run that play a lot where they were trying to set screens for Jalen Pickett to get him going, and he kind of told Cam Winter just to sit in the sit in the pocket a little bit down in that short corner and wait because that's where the ball was coming. They got a layup on that actually on the possession before that gave them the lead early before Julian Reese came down and scored to give Maryland the lead back. But, you know, they were kind of telling him to sit down there because they were spreading it out with Dred, Lundy, and Funk. So Cam Winter could kind of be that center 
that's kind of just sitting in the gap waiting for that ball. That's where he was in that position. And Seth Lund, who I've said multiple times this year, is the best player in the country when it comes to following a shot and knowing when he misses because he sprints after every shot. Like he knows right when it's out of his hands that if it's on or off, and he's the first guy going to get it. He showed it there, just going to get tipping it right to Cam Winter. He made sure everyone knew that in the press conference. He said, I went down and I tipped it to Cam, so I should get an assist for it. And, you know, it was, it was a great play by Lundy just being ready. And Cam Winter, as you said, right place, right time, second game in a row where he's able to make a big shot to get this team a win. Two much needed wins, and they were able to get them. Yeah, and he does. It feels like he doesn't have nerves. Uh, whatever, whatever nerves he had, uh, he killed them because uh, he just plays really I, ice in his veins type of basketball there. Because I, I feel like other guys would have, you know, put too much power on the rebound or something, or would have just kind of fumbled the basketball uh, up into the air. And he just he looked like it was a re routine play. But these are almost professionals, right? That's what they're trying to become. So this is just a lower level of basketball, just under professional. Uh, as far as stats go, Jalen Pickett, 16 points, led the way. Andrew Funk had 14, and I thought he had the game-tying three <laughs> in the late in the game. But a uh, nice, nice big toe on the line there. But that's okay. That's that's why you have the replay. Uh, Seth Lundy did disappoint with seven, uh, but I like that they didn't force shots. They, did, they took what was given to them, even though they still shot a bunch of threes, it felt like it wasn't just a, an open-ended three-point contest for Penn State. And then, as I mentioned, Cam Warner was six. I thought Keba Jai had a very important six as well. And then why I saved him for last, because I think he desperately needed this game, and that is Miles Dredd. I mean, Miles Dredd found his shot in the second half when they needed it most. 11 points, 24 minutes, great defense. I think that's the most important part. Miles Dredd doesn't move because he's a very he, – he's six foot four. And they're saying, go play the five, go play a six foot 10 Reese. And Miles Dredd is a cinder block. Reese could not move him, even though he's like, oh, he's too small. You know, I'm bigger than him because he made an acrobatic turnaround shot. I'm like, okay, you can't play any better defense than that. But Reese, don't tell me that you were the, you were the one getting bodied by a, a six foot four guard. So what kind of performance did Miles Dredd to help send Penn State? Again, I can't say guaranteed into the NCAA tournament but they boosted the resume so much more than what it was. Yeah, I mean, there was not a guy walking on that court today that I wanted to play well more than Miles Dredd just because of everything he's given to Penn State. He's played there five years. You know, he's never wavered. He committed when he was 16 years old. He's never mm -hmm. wavered on Penn State, was saying no matter what. He was one of the players. He never entered the transfer portal when they had the coaching changes. Mm -hmm. He was always locked in to this Penn State team. He was never leaving. He loves Penn State. He showed that in his senior day performances last game inside the Bryce Jordan Center, 11 points. As you mentioned, great defense. They asked him to do so much playing the five at six four banging with all these big guys in the land of the giants in the big 10 so many great bigs in this conference and they put so much pressure on him and he has answered every question he had not scored more than three points in a game since the maryland game on february 11th answers back with 11 again today against maryland so he's played really well against the turfs and he was just so important knocked down big shots all his points coming in the second half had a great cut for a layup which you don't see a lot from miles dread moving without mm -hmm. the ball and getting a two he just did everything so so well had three assists you couldn't expect more from set miles dread and he just answered the bell every time they asked upon him more plays than broadway micah shrewsbury <laughs> uh, thank you john rothstein and he and he 
seems to be convinced that they're in as well, the college basketball reporter. Uh, But as we move into our final segment, we're going to project this Big Ten tournament a little bit because some people don't think they're safe. Uh, Some people still think Penn State needs one, maybe even two plus wins in the Big Ten tournament. They're 19 and 12 overall. They're 500 in the Big Ten. Uh, But before we get to how they'll do in the Big Ten tournament. And you and I, again, answered at the top of the show, uh, if Penn State is in the big dance, I think they are, you think they are. Uh, but the emotion that that the senior group had, uh, Micah Shrewsbury in tears, in, in tears of joy because he knows how hard this group worked, even though this group, at least like the Jalen Pickett, Miles Dredd, because Micah Shrewsbury's only been there for two years. He wanted so much for this group and it's like a father seeing his, you know, seeing his sons succeed in in a way. So even though they've only been together collectively for two years, it feels like they've played for him for four or five. So what what can you say after you listening to his press conference and seeing uh, it on full display for Micah Shrewsbury, what that meant for him and the coaching staff for to see this group succeed like that? I think it meant everything, you know, after the game, after, you know, the cameras were turned off, Michael Shrewsbury addressed the entire Bryce Jordan Center with the seniors out on the floor and addressed everyone one at a time. You just feel the emotions. I mean, he's been so happy. He kept saying, you know, how much all these guys meant to him. They were He recruited Jalen Pickett immediately when he got the job at Penn State, trying to bring him in through the transfer portal. He said it was such a big get when they were able to keep Seth Lundy with the program. Miles Dredd staying here. Cameron Winter and Andrew Funk joining on. Michael Henn as well. Well, just all those guys coming in. Ishan Jigiasi, who's one of the bench players, said there's not a better teammate on the roster. He's just such a positive guy and helps this team so much in practice and cheering him on from the sidelines. So, you know, just everyone on this team, you could tell Micah Shrewsbury really benefited from a lot of them. He's benefited from them as much as they have from him. You know, obviously he talked about the promise, him and Seth Lundy. We've talked about that a lot when they when he decided to stay with Penn State, about how he was going to turn him into the player that he really had the potential to be. And I think Seth Lundy's answered that bell just so much comes from all these guys they're the most they're the most veteran team according to Ken Palm they have that experience and they really showed that over down the stretch they've had a lot of tough losses that you know some young teams in the country that might just fold the season this team has stayed the course done everything they're asked to and now as we said they're on the verge of making the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2011. Yeah, on the verge. Uh, one more win would definitely, like, there's mm-hmm. no way the committee can keep them out. So, and I think Penn State understands that, but it's not as this, it's not so much of a do or die. And when you speak to people, especially, you know, like Steve Jones, who covers this team, calls the games, and then people who are bracketologists, they said that ideally you wanted Penn State to win five games in a row to finish the regular season. That's the way they back themselves in the door and into uh, into a corner here. And, and true, a fight-or-flight mentality, and they fought. They almost won five in a row. But the mulligan happened to be Rutgers. I thought the mulligan would be Northwestern because that's a road game that's a little tougher. Uh, but I thought they would win four out of five down the stretch here. Uh, and, and here they are in the Big Ten tournament. They get that 10 seed. They get that bye. Uh, we're going to see a rematch of Wisconsin and Minnesota as the 11 and 14. Uh, and Penn State is going to play Illinois for the third time. So Adam, we've seen Penn State do it before, but it was under a different regime. It was under Coach Chambers, so and, and obviously different players. Uh, but to beat a team three times in a season when it comes to basketball, and honestly, when it comes to NFL football, just how how difficult is that? 
I think it's extremely hard because you know that you know each other so well by this point. You have two games of film on each other. Illinois is going to know how Penn State's going to attack them. And then there's that mentality of you got to try to motivate this Penn State team to get up and get ready to play this game. Obviously, Penn State's going to be motivated, but it's just, you know, that, you know, confidence coming in. Penn State's going to have that confidence. You know, we beat this team twice, but Illinois playing with the backs against their wall. They're going to think we have nothing to lose. We're going to go out here and just play real loose and just ready to go. You got to expect a very motivated. Illinois team who fought really hard against Purdue today. I don't know how many people were able to watch that game, but Illinois played really hard, got down really early to Purdue, fought their way back, ended up losing by five in West Lafayette. But, you know, this is a team that just competes. They're going to fight. It's I expect it to be a very close game between Penn State and Illinois. I think they have the tools to beat Illinois again. I think you just look at the two games they played. Penn State controlled those games, never trailed in the game in the Bryce Jordan Center, dominated out in Illinois, winning by 15. So, I mean, you beat them by double digits. It's both time you've dominated the way the game is played. So Illinois is going to have to find a way to change that. But I think Penn State's got to feel good heading to Chicago. It's going to be a virtual home game for Illinois. Got to think they're going to have a lot of fans there playing in Chicago. But Penn State's got to feel confident in that one. Yeah, it'll it'll be a neutral site and it'll be, as far as I'm concerned, another quad one victory. Mm -hmm. If they're able to do that top 50 uh, on on a neutral court Uh, and then the the because we're doing this live, so uh, not everything's set in stone as there still are Big Ten teams playing, and then I know people will watch or listen to this back later, uh, but the the standings were so close. So many teams were going into today, uh, 11 and 8 in the Big Ten, and they're all kind of sorting itself out now. We know that Purdue's the number one seed, and they're going to get that double bye. Uh, Indiana did pick up an overtime win against Michigan, so Michigan was almost slotted in to get the number two seed. Maryland was trying to play for that double bye as well, and it seems like the way it's sorting itself out is it's going to be Purdue, Indiana, Northwestern, and Michigan State. Again, Purdue is secured, and then as far as tiebreakers go, Indiana, Northwestern, Michigan State, could all really interchange here if you're Penn State what's the easiest and then what's the toughest opponent you could face if you get past Illinois um, I, I don't really know if there's an easy opponent. It's not going to be Michigan State. Michigan State cannot get the two due to the game that was canceled against Minnesota. So okay. they're kind of back behind just because of the amount of games they're going to play. If Northwestern ends up holding on and beating Rutgers, it will be Northwestern at the two, which will be who Penn State's winning to play against. If not, it'll be Indiana. I think Penn State's got to feel confident against both of them. I think right now you'd rather play Northwestern because you just played them and you beat them on their home floor. Got to feel good yeah. about that. Indiana is a very different team than the now, team yeah. they played back in the middle of January when they won by 19. So I think you look at the scores, you're like, oh, Penn State wants to play Indiana again because the way they dominated that game. I think that's a game you want to stay away from because Trace Jackson Davis and his ability to take over. Jalen hood Shafino is the best co- freshman in the Big Ten. He's been phenomenal, especially as of late. They were to pull out an emotional win over Michigan today. So I think you'd rather play Northwestern just because you just beat them. You know what to expect. And you ha- I think they match up stylistically better with Northwestern than Indiana. But obviously the goal is going to beat Illinois. But if Northwestern can hold on, beat Rutgers, and sit in that two spot, I think Penn State is going to be very confident with the road they'd have ahead in Chicago. Yeah, I think if they end up matching up with Indiana, whether that's uh, in the third round of the Big Ten tournament or just at any point, uh, Indiana's a much better team. When they were fully healthy, and that includes everybody from mm-hmm. Trace, Jackson, Trace Jackson Davis and Xavier Johnson and all those guys, uh, Indiana's got to feel good because they were one of the 
uh, at least early favorites, at least uh, in the contention to go to the final four and even contend for a national title, if you can believe that. So uh, since this team is back to almost, I want to say like 90%, 95% because Xavier Johnson uh, still isn't in the fold as well. But Trace Jackson Davis is obviously much better. Jalen Hood, uh, Shafino, uh, and really they're just, they're getting the most out of those talented guys and they're back in the top 15 again. So uh, Northwestern, since they are out of the top 25, that would be a much more favorable matchup here uh, for Penn state. If they happen to get past Illinois and I'd like to think that they would. So NCAA tournament, let me know in the comment section, if you think they are guaranteed in, or if they need some more help on the resume, but thanks again for making locked on Nittany lines, your first listen and watch every single day. Make sure you check out locked on college basketball, everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Adam, before I let you go, where can people keep up with your work? You got to call the game between Penn State and Maryland. That was probably one of the coolest opportunities that you've had. Uh, but where can people follow you as March Madness gets a little mad here? At Sheets Adam on Twitter, where hopefully we'll be talking about this Penn State team in the NCAA tournament. All right, Adam, thanks so much for your time again, as always. Can't wait for our next conversation as Penn State is going to play that fighting Illini team. And then we'll see what that ultimately does and where the NCAA committee places them in the big dance. Adam, it's always a pleasure. Thank you. Yep. Thanks, Zach. Always a fun time.